Hi, everyone, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Map Round Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking to CEOs, business operators, and hustlers all about their epic business blunders and what they learned from their awful experiences. <laughs> so with us on the line uh, is none other than the CEO of um, of an incredible uh, company called IK Hoffman USA, um, and his name is none other than Andy Decker. Andy, welcome to the show. All right. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate being here. Awesome, man. So let's let's get into it, right? So what is the elevator pitch for you guys? What are you up to there um, as a company? Sure. So IK Hoffman USA is an industry award-winning provider of staffing and recruiting services, as well as vendor management and workforce management solutions. Uh, we do that here in the U.S. as well as internationally. We provide temporary and direct hire staffing services, we do that in a variety of industries from automotive, aviation, manufacturing represent the largest group of who we serve. Um, and we've done that by staying true to our German heritage of, of providing world-class service. Um, our parent company, Hoffman GmbH, is a privately held family and woman-owned organization founded in 1985. We have 110 locations in eight countries around the world. Mm. It's always amazing to hear stories like that, you know, a 30-year-old company started by, you know, one founder and it's somehow, you know, m managed to survive all the, I mean, imagine in 30 years, like all the, you know, the, re the recession, 2008, blah, 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 COVID, all this kind of stuff. It's amazing to, to see how companies do, you know, stand the test of time. Yeah, absolutely. It's a testament to that family and to her drive. Mm, 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 absolutely great well look uh, let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this one Andy, what is your story of fail uh, for our audience around the world today yeah absolutely so uh, four years here with the organization uh, about six months in I started in September of uh, 2019 six months in a little thing happened uh, and we lost about 70 percent of our business in just over four weeks when the pandemic occurred um, so for me, it was new to the organization and really every day was sort of a struggle to, could we keep moving forward? We weren't at a fantastic place in the US in general as compared to the global group. Um, and 2020, obviously the pandemic took a big hit for us. Um, I decided in, uh, in August, so I was coming up on about a year with an organization, the pandemic was about six months in, and I saw that a big company was moving to Georgia. We're based in Georgia. We have several offices in Georgia. Uh, we have a big candidate base in Georgia. And I thought I would I would go after this client. Uh, so I started marketing to them. I, I reached out to the U.S. CEO. I said, U.S. CEO of a German organization to another CEO of a German corporation. How do we connect? How can we provide staffing? And so I started courting this organization. We started talking to them about the process of providing staff to them in, in their location that they were opening up here in Georgia. Uh, I talked a little bit about it as a prospect on one of my board calls, putting some pressure on myself to deliver. And after several months, probably four to five months of talking about it, now, mind you, this is still late 2020, so the pandemic is still affecting the economy and labor in many places. Uh, we got very close to signing the agreement to provide staffing in Georgia and they said, but one caveat, we want you to provide staffing as well at, a, at another location in the Northeast. Um, and 
we had no operations in the Northeast. We had no candidate pool in the Northeast. We had no candidate uh, base of anyone we'd been recruiting and no employees in the Northeast. And I, I wanted that contract. I wanted to deliver that. I wanted to land that. It would, it would be a, a big win, I guess, if you would. For me, it'd be good timing with what was going on in the economy. And I really didn't do my due diligence. You know, you're, you're new to Georgia. I understand why you need staff. I didn't really ask, do you need, why do you need staff at this location in the Northeast? You know, what I found out or, or what, what ultimately uh, we became aware of is five or six other providers had been trying for months. They weren't succeeding. They weren't finding staff, uh, all kinds of issues. But I didn't do my due diligence. I, I signed the contract. I said, yes, we'll do both places. We, I guarantee it. We'll, we'll work our hardest. We're going to deliver for you. Now, we had also never really rolled out this large of a single client in in one location, but never mind in two, uh, where we didn't have operations. And I said, yes, I didn't have a plan. I sort of went with the idea that, you know, we're going to get the plane in the air and we'll build the landing gear once we get it going. Um, we were six, we were very successful in Georgia. Like I said, we had, we had everything we needed. Um, but we couldn't ramp up. We couldn't find people in the Northeast location. Um, we, they would give us headcount requirements. We missed and missed and missed, uh, to the point that after a six month trial, not only did we lose Georgia, um, we lost both locations and we lost what we really lost was the opportunity to partner with that client globally across the country in many locations. And, and frankly, it was around me saying yes to something that I wasn't 100% sure we could deliver, but I knew we needed. And, um, and we lost that client. They, they let us go in uh, June of the following year and uh, thanked us and said, good luck. Mm -hmm. Yep. So what did you learn from that experience? Obviously you touched on this idea of, you know, really doing your due diligence. And, and I would say probably as a salesperson myself, you know, like, like don't say yes to something, you know, you can hang your hat on, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, what, what comes to mind for you? You know, I always, it's that top gun quote, right? You know, don't, uh, my, I was, uh, writing checks that we, my ego couldn't, my ego was writing checks that we couldn't cash. Uh, I, I said we could do it. I thought we could do it. And I, I was basing it on things that we had done in the past, things that I had done in my career in the past, but I wasn't basing it on real world 2020 pandemic labor shortage I wasn't applying all the things that were part of what was really happening at that time. So, you know, first of all, be humble and be realistic. What what can you truly deliver? Uh, and and I've made a reputation for many years of, of being very transparent and honest with clients and saying, yes, here's what we can do. And no, here's here's what we can't do. But I didn't do that that day. And I didn't do that when we when we went to that client. Um, I also went at it more with a, we're going to throw resources at it. And I didn't, we didn't really have the best plan because we had been for months through the negotiation, we had been talking about launching these operations where we had multiple branches. We had built a candidate pool. We were ready to go. Um, and all of a sudden they turned on the spigot and said, do it here at another place. And I, I didn't have a plan for it. I didn't have the resources available. And so we were behind from the moment we said go. So no, 
what you're going into. Be realistic. Be aware of of what you can do, and 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 be okay with that. I guess that would probably be the biggest thing. Be able to say no. I really can't do that because, and I don't want to risk long term future partnership over a short term loss. Now, again, you know, bear in mind, I was making this decision we had, when we had lost seventy percent of our business over a one month period. And again, I was sort of leveraging our short term against the long term potential. And so I probably wasn't doing that with the awareness that I needed at the time. Um, and so that's that's what I learned from that failure. Have that plan in place. Uh, be ready when the client says yes. <laughs> and or when the client said, OK, yes, but you know what I needed to pu- I, I needed to push back. I needed to say, yes, we can launch here now give me 90 days to launch at this other location as I've had time to plan for here. Either of those things, both of all of those things were were the learnings and the takeaways that I had. Mm. So Andy, let's go back in time. If I could give you the keys to the map round show time machine and you could, you know, you, the contract was on your desk and the, and you know, this uh, company guy was like, look, we want you to add this other location. Now knowing what you know, what would you have done differently? Yeah, I, I would have been I would have been transparent and honest with the client and said, I just I can't tell you for sure that we can deliver in that location. I'm going to need a little bit of time to do some research. I'm going to need time to build a candidate base. Uh, I can tell you that we could build a candidate base there in 2018 and 19, but I can't tell you that we can build one there in 2020. I just don't know what the impact of the labor shortages related to the pandemic are there today. So I can't base that on what I did prior. I I probably should have I should have pushed back. I should have ensured I had a plan in place that was written down and here's the milestones and here's the KPIs and here's how we could deliver it to them, which by the way we put in place um for another client that 2 years later we signed and within a year we had 400 people working for them, but I didn't have it that day when I when I signed. So I should have said, thank you. We want to be a part. We've agreed to do it here. Um, 90 days from now, we'll do it here as well to, to be a participant. Um, but I, I didn't do that. Mm. Yeah, hindsight's always a perfect science, isn't it? Right. These things are so, they're so necessary. You know what I'm saying? Like, I suppose if you subscribe to this idea that even when things really suck and they're not working out for you, like it's, it's, uh, you know, life's always happening for you. It's not happening to you. Um, and given your role and the, and the mandate that you have regionally, I mean, this, you know, this sort of thing, it's going to make you a better CEO. And, and as a consequence of that, a better business, do you know what I mean? Um, and to your point, you, I, I also think that you, you CEOs, they're not, paid to make a thousand decisions they're paid to make a handful of very good decisions big ones typically and then it's about everybody else doing their jobs you know um and so when you make a decision you make a decision based on context and i think when you take now you're telling the story it's like oh well it's a perfect science isn't it but at the time to be perfectly frank like you were making the best decision with in the context at that time you understand, like you lost 70% of your revenue, bro, like in, in four weeks. I mean, <laughs> if that doesn't get you staring at the ceiling at night, then you must know you're probably in the wrong business, you know? And so I probably would have done the same thing because I would have been 
you know, in that context, I would have not seen any other choice but to say yes. I mean, if you if you wanted to, you know, hook a big deal, and yes, there was this long term vision on the table, you know obviously assuming you could deliver on everything, but you didn't know, like you just didn't know what you didn't know. And, you know, and of course, full circle, it didn't work out, but that you made the best decision with the information you had at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it was the, it was the best advice, the best learning opportunity, because as I said, two years later, same scenario, different client. And we had all sort of, we had the process in place that we knew we needed to have. And, uh, it's it's paid it forward for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your breakdown became your breakthrough, right? <laughs> it's a great way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is like it's the same for everything, right? It sucks at the time, and then you look back and you go, "Yeah, but we're a better business today." So, uh, what Absolutely. is your advice, Andy, to other CEOs uh, out there uh, in terms of the importance of failure in business success? Yeah, I, I think the importance of failure comes when you're, as you said, we're we're paid to make important decisions, right? And so you've got to make sure that you've figured out what those important decisions are. Um, I joke when I got into this role, I, I think the best training in the world would be to spend some time around a four-year-old and just have them say, why, 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 why a thousand times to you? Because that's what I did. Uh, I spent several months. Why do we do this this way? Why do we do that that way? Why do we use this tool? And oftentimes, <laughs> because it's a tool we have. It's because it's the way we do. And really, we're then charged with figuring out, is this the way? Is this the best way to go about what we're trying to do? Um, And then, you know, put it, find the tools that the people need to be successful. Uh, One of the things that we hang our hat on is world-class service. And so part of what I was charged with doing was well, first of all, I got here and I and I looked at our service rating, our net promoter score. Our net promoter score was embarrassing. And frankly, the staffing industry in and of itself is is it's not a great uh, net promoter score. But we said this was going to be something we hang our hat on. And we're going to deliver world-class service to the people who are delivering service to our clients. And 2022, we had an 87 net promoter score. That's four times the staffing industry average. That's well above the world-class designation of 75. And I went out and I found tools and we put processes in place that would help us deliver world-class service to our candidates and our employees who are out delivering that world-class service to our customers. Hmm. And that's how I succeed. That's that failure that we had uh, where we couldn't do it. I had to go back and look for ways that we could and what were those tools and what were those techniques. And um, so first of all, it's uh, from the very beginning, ask why, but then keep asking why, right? Even when you don't want to know the answer, ask the questions, especially when you're afraid of what the answers are going to be. Ask the people, as you said, I make a couple of important decisions and then there's lots of people responsible for making it occur. I, gotta ha- I have to ask those people that are at the end of the chain, how's it going? What does it look like? What do you need? And make sure that we keep innovating, making sure that we're always looking without being chaotic, right? I want to look for new and better ways to do things without looking like we're following the flavor of the week every single week. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be innovative. I have to promote a, a, a culture of innovation and then just make sure that all of those things that we're doing 
align with delivering the vision and the mission that we've set as an organization. That's the advice I give. And, and you know, the probably the final one would be just make sure it, it aligns with you, right? I'm, I'm passionate about this that I do. I aligned with a company that, that I, I relate to and that I'm passionate about. And every day I get up and I say, I want to, you know, how do I attack today? How do I make it better? And so if you haven't found that uh, yet, if you're not aligned with the organization, then, then go find that place where you can pour everything into it and love it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the the why thing. As you, you, I sometimes think we don't we don't um, we don't ask why enough. You know, it's like because we just get into the solution trap. You know, so we'll be doing it this way for so long. Like, why must we change? You know, so, and then, and then you have to bring in fresh blood. Your new CEO that goes, hang on a second, why are you doing it like this? It's ridiculous. Um, but it is about if you want to get to a true insight. Like I've ran strategy at Ogilvy for for many years and. You know, it's just a thing. Like, if you want to understand your customer, why? Like, just keep getting, peeling away the layers of the onion until you get somewhere. It's like, it's like, holy shit, like, that's a true insight. Um, but you mentioned tools, um, Andy. So, are there books or tools or resources that you uh, recommend other CEOs use on their journey? Yeah. So, I, what I've had to spend a lot of time is just staying very close to the research and the tools that align with my industry. There's several associations um, and, and there's constant webinars. There's constant thought leadership around what I do. You know, there's there's obviously plenty of good uh, uh, leadership books out there. But where I've I've tried to stay focused is around what's happening and what's cutting edge in my industry. And how do I become an early adopter rather than, you know, this is something that's been in place for three years. So just make sure you Make sure whatever whatever industry you're in, you're you're on the knowledge front of that particular industry. Mm, beautiful, Andy, uh, total legend, dude. Thank you for being uh, vulnerable on the on the show and for sharing your personal story. It uh, really resonated with me. I- really does and i'm sure it would have resonated with my audience around the world too so thanks for being here on the show dude i appreciate you all right great talking to you matt thanks anytime thanks everyone see you again soon 